Good morning, everybody. It is wonderful to see you. Welcome to SVC. Let's go ahead and kill that CD there, uh, Jim, if you don't mind. And uh, hey, hi, I'm thankful to see you here today. I'm thankful to uh, good morning to everyone that's uh, tuning in on YouTube and Facebook as well. And let's stand together and let's uh, just worship our God. He is so worthy of our praise and our honor and our devotion. So let's lift up one voice together and worship him. Here we go.
God. Guide us in truth all of our days. Make 
well, before we uh, introduce this new song to you, you probably see a familiar face up here, huh? Yep. <laughs> so uh, Jim Meeker and his wonderful wife, Melinda, is, uh, are, are both here with us today, and we really appreciate having you here. They live in Woodland. They've been serving uh, faithfully at a church in Woodland for a long time. They're about to move to Texas and uh, in about a month or so, and uh, uh, I, we were having coffee a few weeks ago, and I said, hey, what do I have to do to get you to come play with us one, you know, one last time? And so it worked yep. out. Y- yes. <laughs> so uh, I, just, uh, I just sincerely want to say um, it's a pleasure to serve with you again, and uh, I just want to thank you for, I think it's... 16, 17 years of service and friendship, and um, so uh, we're really going to miss you both, and I'm just grateful for you, grateful for both of you, and uh, like you said earlier during rehearsal, um, if we don't get to play together again on this side of eternity, we'll get to play together in heaven again, and uh, um, I, um, so um, thank you, it's awesome to have you, have you both, so Absolutely. So uh, this uh, uh, new song we'd love to do for you, uh, do with you, is is one that uh, Joy had uh, recommended. And uh, it's quickly, this week has quickly become one of my favorites. And um, it really doesn't need much more of an introduction. It kind of says it all in the lyrics. And I, it just it just paints this wonderful picture of who God is and what he does. And so I hope and pray that it encourages you.
thank you so much for who you are, for all that you've done for us. You are a great and mighty God, and these names say everything about that. We worship you for all of these reasons and so many more. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. You can have a seat, everybody. Okay, I'd like to invite my close personal friend Steve Acord to the stage. Will you welcome Steve, please? That is for you, sir. Yeah. Uh, just press that button. Thank you. Working? Good, good. Um, good morning again, everyone. And um, today we begin, you know, we've been talking for a while about a spiritual growth challenge called Life in the Spirit. And we kick off a new series today on the fruit of the Spirit from Galatians chapter 5. And I'd like for you for, uh, for, you for, for a moment to picture a life filled with love, with joy, with peace, with patience, with kindness, with goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The Bible calls these things the fruit of the Spirit. And this is what our lives can begin to look like when we live them moment by moment in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Life in the Spirit, it can transform marriages. It can transform homes. It can transform churches and communities. And during this uh, spiritual growth challenge, we're going to be asking you to do three things. We're going to be asking you to make Sunday morning worship a priority. And thank you very much for being here for that. I'm sorry. I know I keep hitting my mask with this. Uh, I thought that these larger masks would make it easier to sing. No, it doesn't. So we're going to be asking you to do three things. To be here consistently on Sundays, we're going to be asking you to to join a small group, of which there are several uh, that are starting. And we're going to ask you uh, to make daily time in God's Word and daily time in prayer a priority as well. And this morning, I've asked Steve to uh, come up and share with us a little bit about his practice of reading God's word and what that looks like in his life. And the first question I have for you is, why is daily time in prayer and in God's word important for you, sir? Well, for me, um, I know when I miss it, I feel a little empty. I feel like there's something missing uh, that day to get started. Uh, Sandy and I... uh, each morning we're in uh, the Bible, we have it on our iPad, and we do 
the Daily Bread mm -hmm. and uh, the Chronological Bible. So we're just, um, it's a good way to start the day. I mean, mm -hmm. you're, draws you closer and it, it gives you that reminder that uh, sometimes we need uh, a reminder at all. Right. So you kind of touched on um, you, what does your personal time in the Word and prayer look like. So you do that with you and Sandy do that together every morning, mm -hmm. and you're an early riser. I know that. What time are y'all reading your Bible every day? Like three a.m. Uh, <laughs> oh, three thirty. Come on. Okay. No, it's. Uh, I guess sometimes between five thirty. Wow. Usually, uh, we get up between four thirty and five. So make the coffee. Uh, Spend a little time just getting organized and then uh, open up our iPads. The good part is we have it on our iPad and our iPhone so that uh, as we travel, mm -hmm. you still have it there every day. And mm -hmm. so there's no excuse for I didn't bring my Bible or I didn't bring uh, the devotional. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. So for someone here who uh, perhaps isn't in that habit just yet, and but is thinking of starting about it, of starting it. What advice would you give to someone who wants to put this into practice in their lives for the first time? Well, I, I think you got to make it convenient for yourself. Uh, you, if you're reading a, a a text of the Bible that's unfamiliar or difficult to read, then you should try maybe find a different version of the Bible so that it fits with you more in the language that you want to read. Um, I find that having an accountability partner, my wife, that it keeps us on track because if one of us, oh, we'll skip today, uh, the other one, no, we're going to read, and that's how we start our day. So it, it helps to have someone else, too, with you. It has, helps to have sort of a goal or a program in mind. Uh, that's why we like our daily bread because it has a day and, you know, January 9th or, you know, and we has a reading and that's a sort of a good story, so to speak. It isn't, it has a story and then it gives the Bible verses. So it's nice to have the story and everything, how other people have applied it in their life. And then reading Last year we read our our weekly our daily walk daily walk Bible walk. So yeah. this year we're doing it in chronological order, and we're already in Job. Uh, you know it's funny because I I thought Job came after everybody, but no, Job came before everybody in the Bible, Moses and Abraham and all that. So mm. it's right during Genesis. Uh, so we're in that part now, and, and it's we dedicate the time in the morning to do that. So if someone is doing it, I think first they have to come up with a routine mm -hmm. that fits them, whether it's in the morning for us, that's the best time. Other people may be in the evening uh, simply because of their work schedule, whatever it may be, but mm. that helps us. Right on. Last week, Kathy mentioned she's using the chronological Bible as well, mm -hmm. and, and now you're saying it, and I'm kind of intrigued because I've never read through it that way. I might have to do that. That's exactly why we're doing it, because okay. Kathy mentioned it, and I'm saying, <laughs> oh, I've never done it either, and I, you know, I always just read the Bible, and then, as most of you know, if you just read the Bibles by the books, some things seem out of order, and this way, at least we can get it in chronological order. Right. Yeah, 
And the uh, I should mention, and I don't know if you're going to ask me this, but the other thing that really helps, I'll just add lib, right. uh, is being in a Bible study group. Because yeah. I have people that keep me honest, and I'm very blessed to have them even attend uh, the Bible study, because uh, I'm of no great wisdom when it comes to Bible knowledge or anything. But just the group the, coming together, uh, as your song said earlier, make us one. Mm. It does draw us closer together for each other, and we do uh, feel that uh, connection much more than simply doing something by yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's that unity of the group that really helps me and gives me some responsibility and having to actually read a little bit more and go a little bit more in depth. So. There you go. Thank you, Steve. Well, I appreciate welcome. you taking the time to share with us today. I'll take that from you. Thank you very much. You know, I've always felt like you can't get to know someone unless you spend time with them, right? I remember meeting Carolyn for the first time. We were attending First Baptist Church years ago, the one over by Armio High School, and I met her on a Sunday evening service during the greeting time. And I turned around and I shook her hand. had no idea I was going to be... Uh, marrying this woman someday. But if I had turned around and shaken her head and said, will you marry me? Uh, She would have ran or uh, called an usher to escort me out. No, we had to take time to get to know each other. And that's what God's word does. It's uh, it's often been called God's love letter to you. And so um, anyway, thank you very much, Steve, uh, for sharing your experience. Thank you, Sandy, for keeping him in check. Which probably, anyway. Uh, So at this time, before we move on with our our message and and, and other things, uh, we're going to worship God with our giving. And I want to take this moment to say thank you all so, so very much for all of you who give faithfully and generously. uh, Because uh, of you doing this, your giving enables us to keep building God's kingdom right here. And so we are very, very grateful for your kindness and your generosity. There are four, or excuse me, five different ways that you can give if you're not familiar with them. First of all, you can do it on our website, solanavalley.org slash giving. You can tap give on the SVC phone app. If you don't have our app, it's in the app store and it's on Google Play. Just type Solana Valley Church and in the search bar and you, it'll take you there. Um, You can also send a check to 1307 Oliver Road, Fairfield, 94534. You can text GIVE to 707-883-3019, and it'll take you through the steps to set set that up. And if you're here in person, behind our sound booth on that wall back there is a silver mail slot that you can put your your check in as well. We have offering envelopes if you want to use one of those on the front table over there. So thank you so much. Uh, for giving. Right now, I'd like you to turn uh, your attention to the screen for a quick moment. Good morning, church. 
Fruit of the Spirit. Yay. So this morning we are going to be reading from God's Word, and um, this right here is a gift. This is a gift from God directly to you, directly to me, and we get the privilege of diving into it this morning. Um, like Matt said, it's God's love letter to us. So what I'm going to ask you to do is if you have a Bible, I'm going to ask you to open your Bible. I'm going to ask you to open it to Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. If you use your phone app, pull out your phone app. And if you don't mind, I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm going to ask you to stand while we read the Word of God. Starting actually with verse 13. Let's go to verse 13. You, my brothers, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, live in the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this, who who continually live like this, will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. It's joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and its desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. Lord God, thank you for your word. I pray that we would hear it and that we would see it. And God, that it would penetrate our hearts to make us more like Jesus. Thank you in Jesus' name. Hey guys, I'm sorry I can't be there today. Uh, Joy has been a little bit sick this last week. We're pretty sure she doesn't have COVID, but she does have COVID-like symptoms. She did take a test. It did come back negative. Uh, but sometimes you get a false negative on the test, and we haven't been able to find a second test to do a second one. So right now, we're just trying to be safe and courteous. And so since I've been around Joy, even though I've been wearing a mask and we've been limiting time together, uh, I still don't want to take a chance of having been exposed to possibly COVID and then exposing other people. So sorry we can't be there. Uh, I'm really glad you're with us today. 
I, I, if you're coming from uh, either Facebook or YouTube, I want to say a very, very special welcome to you. Thank you for being with us. Hey, kids, I know that today uh, you're going to be in uh, the service with us. And so just for you, just for you, I am going to include a poop joke, okay? Because poop jokes go over really, really well with kids, especially like 10, 11, 12-year-old boys. So I've got a poop joke just for you. Uh, but don't worry, Mom, Dad, it won't be that bad. And it actually ties in very, very well with the message of Galatians. Uh, and uh, I'll show you that in just a minute. So anyway, uh, today we are kicking off a brand new series called Life in the Spirit. And uh, so this is a spiritual growth challenge. I'm going to encourage you to be with us every week uh, over the next 10 weeks. We're going to do this introductory message today. And then we're going to do nine different messages that talk about the nine aspects of the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, and then also I'd like to encourage you to plug into a small group. If you don't, if, if you would like to, to do that, there are a couple ways you can do it. Uh, you can just approach one of our small group leaders are here, ask them what time their group is, when, where they meet, uh, join them. Uh, we're going to kick off a men's group. I was supposed to kick it off this Monday, tomorrow night, but because of, uh, what we're dealing with here with Joy being sick, I think we're going to wait, uh, not I think, we are going to wait one week. Uh, and, and, and kick off the following Monday. That'll be at 7 o'clock, and it's going to be at the church. So, um, But we have several other groups. Uh, there's a women's group. Uh, again, that's going to start a week later because Joy is sick. That's going to be meeting at our home uh, on Sundays, uh, in Sunday afternoons. Uh, then we've got a group that meets at uh, uh, the Clausens are leading that group. Not sure if that's going to be here at the church or their home. Forgot to ask them about that. And then Steve and Sandy Acord are leading a group on Thursday nights. And I'm not sure if that's at their house or here at the, the church. So you can consult with them and ask them about that. But what, what I would like to encourage you to do is be here every week for these services. I'd like to encourage you to plug into a group, participate every week. And then uh, I would also like to encourage you to take the scripture that uh, Carolyn just read for us a few minutes ago. Carolyn, thanks for reading that. But I'd like you to take that, that passage of scripture. It's, it's Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 through 26. And I'd like to encourage you to read that and pray that daily. Uh, read it, pray it uh, for yourself, pray it for your family, pray it for your church family as well. And then finally, I would like to encourage you to choose one of uh, the nine aspects of the fruit of the Spirit and make that a part of your daily prayer, praying that into your life. So anyway, very quickly, let me just kind of introduce you to the book of Galatians. That way you'll know what you're going to be studying in weeks ahead, and you'll have a better context for thinking about, talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, the church in Galatia was being misled by false teachers. On, on Paul's very first missionary journey, uh, Paul had taken the gospel to Galatia and to the Galatians, and, uh, and they had established a church in that community. And the people there believed in Jesus. They were saved, and uh, things were going really, really well. But then some false teachers began to creep into the church in Galatia, and they began to say that faith in Christ alone is not enough to be saved. They said that if you are a Gentile, a non-Jew, then you also had to be circumcised. And this was upsetting the church in Galatia. Uh, and it should be upsetting because it was a perversion of the gospel of Christ. Uh, 
Uh, Paul argues that adding to the gospel in any way distorts the whole gospel. By the way, the word gospel appears 13 different times in the book of Galatians. shows up 13 different times. Four times, uh, Paul uses it in this way. He talks about what he calls another gospel, which is really not a gospel at all. A couple times he talks about a gospel contrary to the gospel they heard from him. And then he also talks about what he calls man's gospel. And this is his way of talking about a false gospel. Now, some people think that theology is not that important. They don't think it's that practical. They think that uh, it's dry. And my belief is if theology is dry, it's because the person who's presenting it is dry. It's not because theology is dry. Uh, theology is, is incredibly, incredibly practical. Um, it is, to be honest with you, when we get to really important things like the gospel, if you get the gospel wrong, heaven and hell is in the balance. There's hell to pay if you get the gospel wrong. So it's absolutely crucial and essential that we get it right. And that's what Paul is saying is that if you introduce a little change to the gospel, it makes a really big difference. It's the difference between heaven and hell. It's like if I make you a batch of brownies, okay? I cook you some brownies. Okay, well, let's say Joy cooks you some brownies. She's a better cook than me. Joy cooks you some brownies. But then I sneak in and I put a little bit of dog poop in it. Not a lot, just a little bit of dog poop in it. Now, after those brownies are cooked, guess what? The brownies are still poopy. A little bit of dog poop makes the whole batch poopy. And that's kind of what Paul says later in the letter when he says that a little bit of leaven leavens the entire lump of dough. A little bit of poop makes the entire pan of brownies poopy. Now, someone might say, well, it's only a little dog poop. I'll eat it anyway. And I'll say, well, yeah, it's a little bit of dog poop, but it's dog poop. Don't eat it. Okay, so a little bit of poop is still poopy. A little bit of cyanide is still poisonous. A little bit of COVID is still COVID. And a little bit of bad theology, particularly as it relates to the gospel, is bad, still bad theology. Don't get it wrong. So the reason that Paul is writing uh, this letter to the Galatians is he's writing, uh, it, it's, it's a complaint. That's what it is. It, it is a complaint. The book of Galatians, the, the, the book of Galatians, the letter that Paul wrote to the Galatians is unlike every other letter that he wrote. Uh, in every other letter that Paul writes, he will always begin with a word of greeting, which Paul does in Galatians. But then after that word of greeting, he'll always include either um, a word of praise. He'll include a commendation of the people or the church there, or he will um, uh, or he'll begin with a prayer. Even with the Corinthians, who had a lot of stuff going on that was bad, he found something to commend them that was good. But with the Galatians, he doesn't do that. He launches straight into his complaint. Beginning in verse 6, he says, I am astonished. I am astonished. Chapter 1, verse 6. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one. The, the, the one is the Lord Jesus Christ. You are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. Now, how serious was this in Paul's mind? 
And basically, in Paul's mind, it is super serious. He says not once, but twice. He says, as I have, as we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a different gospel other than what you have accepted, let him be under God's curse. That's kind of a polite way of saying, may he go to hell. Okay. Later, later in Galatians chapter five, Jesus is going to say about these false teachers who are saying you have to be circumcised in order to be a true believer. He says, "Hey, I wish they'd go ahead and just mutilate themselves. I mean, don't stop with with just uh, uh, circumcision. Just go ahead and castrate yourselves." And that's what Paul is saying. So uh, when I'm saying this, I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm just telling you this is what Paul says. Paul says that getting the gospel wrong is a life and death, heaven and hell matter. And we've got to get it right. And that's why he wrote uh, the book of Galatians. So real quickly, just by way of introduction, uh, let me explain to you what, what, what Galatians is. And I'll try to condense the entire book of Galatians in about five minutes. Okay? So if I had to outline the, the the book of Galatians for you. I would say uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 5 is a short greeting. Uh, verses uh, 6 through 10 uh, is uh, a complaint. Paul's complaint about them abandoning the true gospel for a false gospel. Uh, then uh, uh, secondly, Paul's, uh, this begins in chapter 1, verse 11, to chapter 2, verse 21. Paul gives a defense of his ministry and message. Very interesting. There's a lot of biographical material here on uh, the Apostle Paul. And he talks about three different meetings he had with Peter in this. And there's a purpose in this. He wants them to see that he is a true apostle of the true gospel. And in fact, he even tells a story of where Peter was getting it wrong. Now, he's not doing this to humiliate Peter, but he's just saying, when people get it wrong, you have to speak up. And, and that's, what, that's what Paul did. Uh, when, uh, w- what had happened with Peter is that Peter had come to Antioch. Antioch was, there was a church there, Antioch in Syria. There's more than one Antioch, by the way. There's... Pisidian Antioch, there's Antioch in Syria and other places as well. But Antioch in Syria was one of the largest cities in the Roman Empire. And they also had one of the largest churches and they were, it was the major missionary sending church in all of the early New Testament churches. They sent out Paul and Barnabas on one missionary journey. They sent out Paul on two other missionary journeys. And in this very first missionary journey, they had gone out, established this uh, the church in Galatia and other churches as well. When Peter went to Galatia, at first he was associating with Gentiles and he was uh, eating with them. Now, for Jews, this was considered offensive. You were not supposed to eat in the presence of Gentiles because it would make you unclean. Well, Peter was eating with Gentiles, which was perfectly appropriate because God had told Peter, do not call anything unclean that I, God, have called clean. And he had called Gentiles clean, that they are made clean in Christ, not through following the Mosaic law or circumcision. Well, when certain Jews came to Antioch from Jerusalem, from James, who were of the the party of the circumcision group, Peter began to withdraw from the Gentiles. And Paul says, hey, man, you are totally messing up here. In fact, 
Paul said he had to, to rebuke not just Peter, but also Barnabas and other leaders in the church there because they were not being straightforward with the gospel. They were living in a way that was inconsistent with the gospel uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, Jesus makes all people clean, Jew and Gentile. And if you, uh, if you get your relationships wrong, you're getting the gospel wrong. And so Paul had to correct this early, early in the church. Uh, so that's chapters 1, uh, 11 to chapter 2, verse 21. But basically what Paul is establishing for the Galatians is the legitimacy of his message of the gospel and his ministry as an apostle to the Gentiles. Um, the uh, uh, Part 3 of, of, of Galatians is chapters 3 and 4. Here Paul defends the core of the gospel, that people are... Um, that, 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 that people are justified, are made right with God through, by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. And it is those who have the faith of Abraham who are the true descendants of Abraham. And then he explains the relationship between uh, the, the, the covenant blessing that God gave to Abraham and the promise he made to Abraham that through his offspring or his seed, and the seed here is not the seed Israel, but the seed who is Christ. That through his seed, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. And it was, and in Genesis chapter 15, um, the Bible tells us that Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him or credited to him as righteousness. So he was made righteous, not by following the law that came 430 years later. He was made righteous through his faith in what God had said to him. He was made righteous through faith. And uh, and then he also talks about the relationship between the law. The law was to instruct us and to show us our need not for a savior. It wasn't, it wasn't given to us that by following it we would be saved because nobody can follow the law perfectly. Uh, only Jesus could do that and Jesus was uh, and is the fulfillment of the law. So that's chapters 3 and 4. Chapter 5, Paul defends Christian liberty uh, saying that we uh, we have been made free in Christ. But he says this, uh, Paul defends Christian liberty saying that we are to use our freedom in Christ not to serve ourselves, not to gratify the flesh or evil desires. Instead, we are to use our freedom in Christ to serve one another in love and to, uh, while walking by the Spirit and living out the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Then, chapter 6, verses 1 through 10, Paul gives instruction on how we are to help and serve others. Uh, first, those who are ensnared by sin. Secondly, those who are burdened in life. Third, those who have the role of pastor and teacher, like me. Uh, and then, uh, and then, uh, and then finally, uh, taking advantage of every opportunity to do good for all people. Uh, and then finally, the last part of, um, uh, of uh, Galatians 6, Paul offers closing remarks on circumcision and uncircumcision. Basically, he says it doesn't matter if you're circumcised or uncircumcised. What matters is, do you put your faith in Christ? Do not boast in your flesh, but boast in the cross of Christ and what Christ has done through through us or what Christ has done for us through the cross. And then last couple of verse, verses are a short benediction. 
So very quickly, with the time that remains, I want to do a couple of things. First of all, I want to talk about what does it mean to walk by the Spirit. We just read this text a few minutes ago. Uh, I'll read it for you again here in a second. But we're going to talk about what it means to walk by the Spirit. How uh, can we walk by the Spirit? What does that look like? And then finally, how do we know if we're really walking by the Spirit? So, you know, if someone asked you, what does it mean to walk by the Spirit? How would you answer that question? Now, think about that. Think about that. Right now, you're on the spot. How would you explain to the person next to you, what does it mean to walk by the Spirit? Could you do that? And if you couldn't do that, you really, really need to pay attention to what we're going to talk about. Okay. Secondly, secondly, uh, if the person asked you how they could walk by the Spirit, how would you answer that? Okay. And then finally, what evidence is there in your life that you're walking by the Spirit? So this message is hugely important if you don't know how to answer each of those questions well. Okay? So the first question is this. First question is this. First of all, let me real quick, let me show you this. Uh, actually, I'll do it this way because I think you can see it better. Okay? Can you see that? But, uh, okay, but Paul says this. But I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out uh, or gratify the desire of the flesh. Okay? So walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out or gratify the desire of the flesh. So to walk by the Spirit means this. Walking by the Spirit means involving and including the Holy Spirit in every part of our lives. Okay? The Bible tells us that God is one God, three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, each of them having all the divine attributes of God. And so walking by the Spirit means walking in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Uh, it means involving and including the Holy Spirit in every part of your life. It is how we live the Christ life. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, Paul says, says this. He says, I have been crucified with Christ, uh, and it is no longer I who live. The life which I now live in the flesh, this physical body, I live by faith. In the Son of God who loved me and delivered himself up for me. So walking by the Spirit is how we actually live out the Christ life by faith. Okay? So uh, walking by the Spirit is how we live out the Christ life. It means consistently living our lives in fellowship with the Spirit, being guided by Him, aiming to joyfully please Him in all things, and relying on Him to empower us to live the life of Christ in all our relationships and interactions. Now, some people, they, they are Sunday morning only Christians. This is the reason a lot of people outside the church find the church hypocritical. Because a lot of people who go to church are Sunday morning only Christians. I'm convinced of something better in you. Okay, I'm convinced that every one of you want to be more than a Sunday morning uh, Christian. I'm convinced that you want to live your life walking by the Spirit. And that's why we're doing this series, and that's why I'm doing this message today. So let's talk about how do we walk by the Spirit. Okay, How do we walk by the Spirit? And I've got my slideshow. Have you already seen part of it? Okay. Worked really hard on the slideshow. I mean, my neck was cramping after I was done. But uh, really cool, neat slideshow. So how do we walk by the Spirit? All right. Number one, we must be in the Word of God a lot. Can you read that? We must be in the Word of God a lot. Hey, kids. Okay. 
I see y'all. All right? We must be in the Word of God a lot. A lot is important. Okay? We need to be in the Word of God every day. Okay? We need to be in the Word of God until the Word of God is in us. Uh, we need to be... Um, You'll never, never, never know the Spirit's leading if you do not know the Word of God. Because the Word of God was given to us by the Spirit of God. Uh, the Word of God, when we are constantly in the Word of God, what we're doing is we're giving the Holy Spirit vocabulary to speak into our lives. Uh, when I am in the Word of God, uh, when I take time in the morning to be in the Word of God so that the Word of God is in me, then I am much more prepared for my day. And the Holy Spirit uses His the Word, the Word of God, in my life to 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 uh, to, to teach me, to to guide me, to lead me. See, see, it's impossible to know the Holy Spirit's leading without the Word of God. Why? Because the the, the, the scriptures come to us by the Holy Spirit. The, the, the scriptures are how the Holy Spirit speaks to us. Now, I'm not. This is not my opinion. This is the teaching of Scripture. Second Peter chapter two, excuse me. Second Peter chapter one, uh, verses nineteen through twenty-one says this. And we have the prophetic word. The prophetic word is this right here. Okay, it's the Bible. And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed to which you do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place pay attention to this pay attention to this if you're not paying attention to it you're not going to hear the holy spirit's voice pay attention to it that's what the bible says we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed to which you do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place that's what i've got right now a lamp shining in a dark place okay Pay attention to the Word of God. It's like a lamp. It shows you the way in life. Okay? Uh, knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. So, I don't tell the Bible what it means. The Bible tells me what it means. And at any point that I'm interpreting the Scripture in a way that's not consistent with the Scripture, the Bible's right. I need to work on my own interpretation. i got to get my theology right. Because bad theology is like a little bit of dog poop in your brownies. You don't want that, okay? So, um, uh, uh, so, the Bible tells us that no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So, yes, did the Scriptures come to us through people? Yes, but those people were moved by God the Holy Spirit, so that what they wrote was actually the Word of God. Okay, so uh, we uh, we must be in the Word of God a lot. Number two, we must be fervent in prayer. Fervent in prayer, praying. Oops, wait a second. I forgot my slideshow. Can you see that, kids? We must be fervent in prayer, praying Scripture into our lives. We must be fervent in prayer, praying Scripture into our lives. Why is it important to pray Scripture into our lives? By the way. Uh, well, let me say this. Prayer shapes our lives when we pray prayers shaped by Scripture. Prayer shapes our lives when we pray prayers shaped by Scripture. The thing is, is that a lot of times people can pray, but their prayers are more shaped more by their own desires 
than there are by Scripture. Now, I'm not saying that's wrong necessarily. Like, you know, I, I, uh, I, right now, my daughter Faith is driving down to Los Angeles. I want her to be safe. And so I'm praying for her safety as she drives down there. But, but as much as possible, we want our praying to be shaped by Scripture. This is why I think praying Scripture for myself, praying Scripture for you, for you. I, I think one of the most important things I have to do for you every week, I do think preaching the Word of God is important. But me praying for you is very, very important. Every minute I invest in, in prayer is is. Uh, time well invested. And the way that God wants me to be praying for you is that you will walk by the Spirit every day of the week. Not just Sunday morning, but every day of the week. Giving Him first place in all things. Following Him in all things. Uh, so uh, we must be fervent in prayer, praying Scripture into our lives, praying Scripture into our fam- the lives of our family members, praying Scripture into our church, but praying Scripture... Praying in the name of Jesus. A lot of people, they, they like these little verses that talk about ask me anything in my name. Here's the point, though. Praying in the name of Jesus means a couple of things. First of all, it means praying by the authority of Jesus. We're praying by his authority, not our authority. Okay? But praying in the name of Jesus is not this little pixie dust. You sprinkle on a prayer and everything magically comes true. No, 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 no. No, no. It's impossible to pray in the name of Jesus unless you're praying like Jesus would pray if he were praying with you and for you. You see, if we pray prayers and then we sprinkle it with little pixie dust and magic dust saying in Jesus' name and think that that obligates God to do what we want him to do. No. Praying in the name of Jesus means praying the way Jesus would pray if he were you and praying by his authority. And so we have got to be fervent in prayer, praying scripture into our lives, praying it for ourselves, our family, praying it for our our church family, and and just praying scripture, a lot of scripture, fervently. Uh, Number three, uh, how do we walk by the Spirit? Number three, we must follow the leading of the Holy Spirit in all things. Follow the leading of the Holy Spirit in all things, okay? Uh, what do I mean that by that? Think of it like this. Okay, think of it like this. Think of it like a dance. Now, I'm sorry. I'm not much of a dancer. Uh, and it's a good thing I'm not there to show you. Okay? But I'm not much of a dancer. But there is a kind of dance uh, that I've read about before. I've heard about before. Uh, I've actually seen it before uh, on movies like The Sound of Music. Yes, I did watch it. Um, and... Um, and in a kind of dance, you have a lead partner and a partner that follows. And being led by the Holy Spirit is kind of like being in rhythm with the Holy Spirit, where he is leading and you are following in all the rhythms of your life. Uh, he's the lead partner in the dance. We follow him as he leads. Okay? Uh, fourth thing I want to say about walking by the Spirit. How do we walk by the Spirit? Number four. We must rely on the Holy Spirit in all things. We must rely on the Holy Spirit in all things. So, okay, we rely on him uh, with regards to his leading, his guidance, how he's leading us, how he's guiding us. And then, uh, and then also we must rely on him for his power in all things. That, that I cannot live out the fruit of the Spirit in my own power. It's kind of like, 
I cannot save myself through my good works. I can't. I cannot add to God's saving work by adding, uh, let's say, circumcision or something else to the gospel. I cannot walk by the Holy Spirit without his power uh, at work in my life. And you can't, you can't live by the Spirit without his power working in your life. And so uh, we have to rely on him for his guidance. We must rely on him uh, for power to live out uh, this spirit-filled life. Finally, uh, this isn't so much about um, this isn't so much about how to walk by the Spirit. This is more about well. Hang on a second. Let me turn my Bible here. It, it would help if I already had it open to it. How do we know if we're walking by the Spirit? How do we know if we're walking by the Spirit? And, and this, is, this is how we know. Okay, The Bible says, uh, it says this, I, I, So I say, walk by the Spirit, you'll not carry out the desires of the flesh. And then it says this, um, you know, what does it look like when we're gratifying the desires of the flesh? And, 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 and Paul says the acts of the flesh are obvious. Okay, So it's stuff like, uh, it can be stuff like sexual immorality. It can be impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. So for one person, one person, uh, living by the flesh could look like a life of immorality, could look like a life of, of um uh, just uh, uh, anger. Uh, it could look like uh, a life of um, uh, just uh, uh, being involved in in like uh, pagan ritualism and stuff like that. Okay, that that that's what walking by the desires of the flesh looks like for one person. But let's talk about what walking by the desires of the flesh looks like for some good church people. Okay, what does walking by the flesh look like in good uh, church people? Because sometimes we look and say, "Well, I'm not guilty of that kind. I'm not guilty of sexual morality. I'm not guilty of witchcraft. I'm not guilty of all that stuff." Well, it can look like being envious. When I'm envious of how God has blessed another person, and I'm not appreciative of how God has blessed me, it can look like being jealous of another person. Okay. It can look like um, uh, it can look like uh, what the Bible calls dissensions, uh, and uh, and what it means by that is people who are divisive in the church. There's some people who are very divisive, and and so that is also what it looks like the deeds of the flesh. Now we sometimes we like to create a little hierarchy, and we like to say these sins are worse than these sins, and the reason we like to say these sins are worse than these sins, because these aren't the sins we struggle with, but these are. And what Jesus is saying, hey, dog poop is dog poop, okay? Whether you got this much dog poop or this much dog poop. By the way, this much dog poop looks like you just piled it higher and deeper than this dog poop, okay? But it's still dog poop. Deeds of the flesh, sin is sin, regardless of what kind it is. And, and so we want to walk by the Spirit. So how do we know if we're walking by the Spirit? Easy to recognize. It looks like this. It looks like love. Okay? Love. 
let me make sure. I'm going to talk more about this next week. Love looks like sometimes churches in churches you'll get kind of little cliques, and you can kind of get in groups, and you kind of get people who are left out. Mm-mm, no, the way of love never, never leaves a person out. The way of love always is inclusive, is always kind, is always gentle. If another person, if we, uh, if they're struggling in their walk with Jesus, if they're falling down a lot, we still love them. We include them. We help them. We serve them. We minister to them. But it looks like, so the fruit of the Spirit looks like, it looks like love. It looks like joy. It looks like peace. It looks like patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We're going to talk about all of that more in the weeks ahead. By the way, there's only one fruit of the Spirit, but nine aspects. The Bible doesn't say fruits of the Spirit, plural. It says fruit of the Spirit, singular, and then describes it as love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So that's what it looks like when we're walking by the Spirit. Finally, this fifth final point. This is hugely important. This is hugely important. Because someone today might be hearing this and feeling like, gee, I, I, I'm just, I, I'm not really there. That's not where I'm at. This is supposed to be a word of encouragement. I hope I can say this and say it well. But, but what I want you to get is this, is that bearing the fruit of the Spirit takes time. Bearing the fruit of the Spirit takes time, a lifetime. It, it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like, uh, what's it like? It, it's... You know, maturity, growing up, physically, takes time. Okay? takes about, you know, I don't know, 18, 20 years, something like that. I guess you could still be growing taller when you're 20. I mean, I started growing heavier after 30, so I've been, I'm still growing. Uh, but, 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 you know, you, you cannot microwave spiritual maturity. But you can get there. As you are walking in rhythm with the Holy Spirit throughout your day, day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and ask the worship team to go ahead and come back up so you guys can, can come back up. Uh, again, let me just close this message this way. Is over the next 10 weeks, this is what I want to encourage you to do. Pray Galatians 5, 13 through 26 uh, uh, daily for yourself, your family, your church. Secondly, uh, pick uh, one of the nine aspects of the fruit of the Spirit where you want to see growth and change and then pray that into your life. So for me, I'm praying for gentleness. A while back I'd asked Matt, Matt, where's an area of my life you think I could grow that would help me be a better leader? And Matt told me gentleness. And I had talked to Joy recently and she had said something along the same lines. Now I think I should just pray that everybody else will have thicker skin. Then I don't need to worry about my gentleness, right? Just kidding. Okay? That's a little bit of dog poop. Alright? So uh what I want is I want to be gentle the way Jesus is gentle. And the only way that that happens is by walking by the Spirit in Him, growing that part of the fruit of the Spirit in my life. And it's probably going to take me time, so I'm just going to ask you to be patient. But I'm working on it, okay? So pick your area. Yours may not be gentleness. Maybe yours is self-control. Maybe yours is love. Maybe yours is joy. Maybe yours is peace. Maybe it's patience, kindness. Maybe it's goodness. Maybe it's faithfulness. But whatever, maybe it is gentleness. I don't know. But, but 
uh, if yours is gentleness, we can join the club. We'll start a club, you and me, okay? So anyway, but pick one of the nine aspects of the fruit of the Spirit. Pray that into your life daily over the next ten weeks. Uh, third, um, check out our website, our phone app for a small group, and participate in that weekly. And then finally, fourth, make a point to worship weekly with your family and your church family as we work our way through the nine aspects of the the fruit of the Spirit together. Let me pray for us, and then I'll hand it back over to the worship team. God, you are great. You are awesome. You are good. You are always faithful, and we can always trust in you. God, as we learned last week, you are holy, holy, holy. You are righteous in all of your judgments. You are gracious. You are merciful. You are ready to forgive all who humble themselves and come to you. And, Lord, we pray that over the next ten weeks, you would teach us how to walk by the Spirit. We pray that we would begin to see more and more of the fruit of your Spirit in our lives in the weeks, months, years ahead. I pray this in the name of Jesus, um, in Christ's name. Amen. All right. Good morning, everybody, again. Uh, my name's Jen. I'm here to give your great announcements for this week. I don't know. Did anybody count how many times Gary said poop? <laughs> you did? How many times? Fifteen poops today. Thank you, Gary. That was great. I don't, I'm don't. i not an 11-year-old boy, but I love poop jokes, so I'm just going to say that. Yes, better than the alternative. Absolutely. So I just have a couple announcements with you guys. First of all, um, on the fruit of the spirit, we're going to like, just like Gary said, we're going to be taking the next nine weeks to go over each of those fruits, fruit. They're one fruit, not fruits, but fruit. I think of it as like a fruit salad. They're all together in one bowl and they're delicious. Right. Um, so I was at Hobby Lobby earlier this week and my daughter and I were looking for flowers and we found this whole section of fake fruits. Have you guys seen that? They actually make fake fruit that looks like real fruit. And it got me thinking about the fruit of the spirit. And I'm thinking, we don't want to bite into a fake apple, right? We don't want to go to someone's house and see a bowl of fruit and say, oh, that looks delicious, and then bite into it and it's fake. Or there's been times where I've cut open an apple and it's like black on the inside. So we want our fruit to be real and sweet and good. And so I'm excited about Gary talking about this because I know for me, um, self-control is something that I've had a hard time with over my life. Also... Uh, you know, this time of year, like after Christmas is over, I don't know about you guys, but I go from a real high to kind of a low when it comes to January. I'm kind of like, eh. And I've been kind of feeling like discouraged a little bit. And I know that the state of the world that we're in right now, people are having a hard time with patience. We're having a hard time being kind to one another. We are arguing with each other. We're yelling. We're angry. And so I feel like this is like the perfect time for us to really get into this. And really undig those fruits, or fruit, excuse me. And really just, like, investigate our heart and see where we need to grow. Which of our fruit is really sweet and which of it is, like, wood. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, so with that, though, we really want to encourage you guys to come and join us every each and every week, whether it be here or whether it be online. Taking that time, being intentional to join us for the message. And I would extend that beyond the nine weeks. This is a new year. I would encourage you to be intentional about being here every Sunday, every Sunday, checking in. Every day we want you guys to be in the Word, whether that be 
reading uh, just one verse, one verse, or reading an entire chapter, getting into the word and being intentional in that. We also want you to be intentional about joining a small group where we can really grow in our fellowship and our connection. Those are some of our values as a church, and that's a great way for us to do that is to join a small group. Um, The last thing I want to bring up to you guys is our refreshments and coffee team. I started talking about that last week. I was so glad to see we have five people who have signed up for the refreshments part. We have two people who have signed up for coffee. And so I just want to thank you guys for that. And I just want to encourage you, if you have not found a place yet to serve, doing coffee and refreshments is a wonderful way to start. And if you're feeling nervous about it, we're going to have people there to help you along the way. We're not going to just throw you back there and say, make coffee. We're going to show you what to do. And it's just a great way to step up and serve. When we serve in our church, it is making an investment into our church body. And it's a way for us to grow. So I would encourage you to sign up on that back table. There's room for more. As many people that want to serve, we welcome that. If you're interested in doing our um, multimedia team, we would love that. If you're a person who loves social media, we would love a person who would take the time to invest in that to post things and do all that technical stuff. I am not that person, okay? So, but I know there's a lot of you that like that kind of stuff, that love creating graphics and all these kind of things. If that's you, we would love to hear from you uh, because we need that. So there's plenty of ways for you guys to serve. Anyway, that is all. I hope you guys have a great rest of your Sunday and a great week ahead. See you next week. Thank you so much, Jen. And thank you so much, Gary. Enjoy faith. We uh, cast, we miss y'all. And uh, we really hope that you uh, are, especially you, Joy, you get to feeling better. And uh, uh, if you want In-N-Out Burger tonight, just text me and let me know. Be sure to get that to you. You'll text me? Okay. (laughs) All right. In and out burger for everyone on me. Let's stand. Never mind. You already did that. Let's do our closing song. Here we go. Our hope is in Jesus. God.
drums now. My hope is you. Yes, sir. Show me your way. Guide me in truth. All my days. All of my days. My hope is you. Show me your way. Show me your way. Thank you again for being here. Have a wonderful week. Bye, everyone.